Welcome, I'm Greg Jeffrey, founder of Catholic Development Group. With me is my colleague and friend, Brian Wilburn. Brian is Director of Development at the St. Paul Newman Center on the campus of North Dakota State University. If you have a question about fundraising and development, this is the place to come. You can reach out to us at catholicdevelopment.org. Today, Brian is going to cover the topic, Three Reasons People Just Don't Ask. Brian, where in the world that topic come from? What's the motivation for today's topic? I have a pet peeve, Greg. That's where the topic came from. Uh, my This happens at every nonprofit, every charity, at some level, at some point, just this, this failure to, to ask, to just ask for what they need. Uh, and it's probably a pet peeve that stems from my own time, you know, being a, being a younger man. Again, I'm still really young, but, you know, just when you're, I mean, I'm married. I've been married now for seven years to uh, just a gorgeous wife, you know, just unbelievable, smart. It's tough being married to a genius. But uh, before that, you know, when you're you're still a young person, you're going out and, for instance, let's say you're you're out at a dance. And when you're at that dance, I you know, always see these girls along the wall, right? You know, and the guys are along the wall and. And all of a sudden, the guys, you know, they're trying to muster up the courage to go ask that girl to dance. And they're like, oh, no, not yet. Okay. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Before they get up the courage to do it, some guy comes along, asks the girl they want to ask to dance, and off they go. And it just kills me because I see this, you know, I work at a Newman Center. I see this again and again where I'm like, dude, just just ask. Go ask her. That's probably so. There, there now everyone knows my pet peeve irrationalness to it. But I think that... Um, we can distill this down to, you know, three top reasons that, yeah, people fail to ask. And uh, I think number one, the fear of rejection. You know, you've, you've worked with a lot of charities, Greg. You ever worked with a group, you get the board together, and you just sense that, you know, they had this fear of rejection? Well, sure. It's, it's an emotional thing. It's mm-hmm. an emotional thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's basically what what people are coming up against. And here's the, here's a secret out there, guys. Nobody likes rejection unless you're, you know, sick in the head or something. You know, I don't wake up in the morning and one day I was just like, I want to hear no today. Like, I just, I just can't wait to have somebody reject me. Nobody thinks that, um, no rational person anyway. And what do you do with that though? Because you're going to hear no. If you go out and you are actually doing the things you need to do to raise the funds your charity needs, you're going to hear it. And part of it, there's no good way around it other than to say it takes time and you have to develop a bit thicker skin and realize, I think this is key here, they're not saying no to you. And that's something you have to grapple with personally, you know, because each of us has our own past that we bring into fundraising. And at the end of the day, you can't let whatever, you know, is in your your personal, your personal, I guess, uh, I don't know how to put that, your your personal past, it doesn't matter. Because again, it's not about you. It's about the charity. And when somebody says no, it's just simply, there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not like, you know, I, I joke with one of the guys I work with, Greg, Joe, um, at the Newman Center, and we'll be like, you know, when they someone says no to us, we'll be like, you know what that was? They were saying no to you. It wasn't because they didn't like our <laughs> our, our, our cause. They just don't like. They just you. don't like. They you don't like Joe, you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, it's like, of course, that's not it. They're just, you know, they're just not that into you. No, they're just not not connected to the charity for whatever reason. And there's so many reasons we can't even get into all of them. But the other thing I want to say with rejection is, what's the worst that could happen, right? If mm-hmm. you, you get rejected, okay, so they say no, now what? Does life go on? 
did they take your birthday away? You know, what's going to, nothing, no. They said no. You move on. Life goes on. You ask that girl to dance. She says no. Oh, okay. Go, you know, find the next one. You know, move on. Right. right. I, I used to tell people that every no just gets you one step closer to the next yes. Yes. I mean, and each, <laughs> each of us, you know, and now each of us is married, you know, to the woman of our dreams. It happens, people. So we're there. Okay. So that's fear of rejection. Here's the second reason I think people don't just ask. They're, I'll call it this, forever planning. The forever planning. There's this quote. It's not my quote. Um, but, you know, it's it goes, perfectionism is just a fancy way of procrastination. Mm-hmm. They are forever planning. And, and, you know, Greg, you've I know you've done feasibility studies. Greg helped the Newman Center here with some feasibility study work. And, you know, there there comes a time where there is prudence and you have to have you should have a plan. You know, without a plan, you are going to fail. Right. But again, another, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think it was General George Patton. He said a, a good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Stop waiting for the perfect plan. It's not going to come. At some point, you're just you're, you're you're procrastinating, and it's probably you know because of reason number one, fear of rejection, and you just you know we all want that perfect bulletproof proposal, like you know you need to have enough to to be dangerous to get going, but then just do it, you know, and the rest starts to come into place. I've just you know, and it's funny how many times I could tell you guys like we 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 come up with these great proposals for you know a certain meeting. You should always write. You should always have something on hand doesn't mean you're always going to ask in every single visit that you ever have but you um you're always prepared you're always prepared like the boy scouts right but um what was it going with this with that you know it's like i can't tell you how many times we have had a proposal that's so well done and prepared and things change right every relationship it's it's organic it changes, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, this isn't the time to bring that out, and then we end up throwing it away, right? So it's right. Like, so all that all that time and effort is wasted. Yeah. So the first reason people don't ask it's it's an emotional reason. It's a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. The second reason is all their effort is gone towards planning, but I suspect it's put towards planning rather than executing, because once you execute, you will you discover whether or not your hopes and dreams will ever be a reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's that's the bottom line is. I think sometimes we don't want to pick up the phone and make the call. Uh, rejection and that emotional feeling of rejection might mm-hmm. be one one thing, but the, the, but there's also an intellectual thing like, my my my, I've got you know six people to ask for you know a million dollars. I need two of them to say yes. If I blow this, I mean the yeah. pressure at the top of the giving pyramid is pretty high, and so I think that's that's that kind of ties into that second reason why people plan all the time because we want to get it perfect because the odds are so difficult. We got to close that top gift, right? Yeah, listen to Greg, people, and you know it's not a formula like X amount of time spent on proposal equals greater opportunity, greater greater success, you know, yeah, you need to have a great proposal. But, you know, if, if you spend six hours on the proposal as opposed to three hours on the proposal, it not isn't necessarily going to give you that better, better react, uh, better response. If you wait just a little bit longer, they're not going to respond any differently in that cold call. A cold call is a cold call. Mm-hmm. None of us like to exactly make those, but you have to go out into the unknown. That's why, uh, you know, that's why you got to you got to be bold. So number one, fear of rejection. Number two, forever planning. And the final, you know, top three reasons. Again, this is totally scientific. I'm kidding. This is totally just, you know, this is obviously my take on it. But this is what I've seen from my experience in fundraising. That third reason, lack of belief, Greg. Lack of belief. And I and I specifically mean this um, in 
the belief that we have that other people want to support at the level we hope and, and need them to support at. I think that we fall into, we doubt that. And how does that happen? Um, well, I think we say things like, well, they don't want to give that kind of gift to us, you know, like, and we do this before we, or they don't even know that much about our charity. And I find that hilarious because your job is to help them know about your charity. If right. You, you know, that's why, that's why you're going to see them. You know, I, I've had that happen where we talk about, oh, they don't even know us. It's like, exactly. Right. But look at X donor who didn't know us before, but then they heard about it, loved it supported it and now they're a supporter you know the, and, and so it's good to draw it's good to do that it's good to go back and look at some of the people that are your best supporters and say well what did they know about you beforehand or even to say well what motivated them to give such a big gift and I feel like you're pretty good at that Greg you know you're great at um, asking those questions of why do people you know why do people give transformational gifts right and, but what when you believe I suppose another word we could use for that is faith just having mm. faith that I'll do my work and God will do his yeah, I think that, yeah, that's that's excellent, Greg. Yeah, it's like a belief not just in the donor's desire to give, but in, in God's God's desire to give. And you have to believe in, you have to have believe and have, like you said, have faith in both of those things and believe in yourself, you know, that you're ready to do this. Um, because the, the secret is most of us are doing it scared. Like most of us are going into it. And, um, you know, I just had a real life example of this, you know, recently where, um, Let's see, let's see if this analogy gets me where I want to go if it goes nowhere. But, you know, I was, we were in a meeting, um, Father Cheney and I, and we, we had this visit. And again, it was one of these times we had this perfect proposal. And, the, you know, the moment came. In fact, the, the exact thing we wanted them to support, they were like, I love this ax- aspect of what you guys are doing. And we were like, you know, like salivating. Right? Like, yeah. I can't believe it. The stars have aligned. And, uh, and then he, something was said, you know, in the meeting, they, the, the, the person we were with, um, they said something like, oh, we want to do this, but, you know, we're, you know, oh, we should look to try to get a couple other people involved with X on us. And right away I knew in my gut, oh, that doesn't sound like the level that we're thinking of for, for the thing that they said that they loved. So, so I, I made this call, you know, Father and I have these signals, right? You should have these signals, guys, where you know it's like... Like, like baseball? Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> abort, abort, get out of there. You know, like, I can't shake him. And so, yeah, it's like that. And... uh so we, we, I gave the signal and he was like, after the meeting, he's like, I, were you telling to tell me not to do it or go for it? And I was like, no, you read it right. I didn't want you to go for it. And he's like, well, why didn't we go for it? Because the moment came, it went and we, we did give them, you know, like, um, uh, options for how they could support like a naming red sheet, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, we didn't, um, <laughs> we didn't, uh, put out the proposal we thought we were going to put out. And at, at first we were devastated. We're like, oh, we missed it, right? You know, we're like, uh, you know, if you go in the Bible, we're like, we're like, oh, we're like King Saul. God was on our side and we were just cowards. We didn't go for it. What's wrong with us? So what happened? So <laughs> so then I, you know, talked to, you know, it over with the person who's way smarter than me, my wife, right? I'm like, I think I blew it. And she's like, well, what did you do? And, she, and then she says, after hearing it, she said, you didn't blow it. She said, like, it goes back again to, and you know, I, um, yeah, I, I'll say this again and again, you know, fundraising is like, is like relationships in a lot of way. You don't always bring out the diamond wedding band on the first visit. And this was the first meaningful visit that we had had. You know, there have been other informal visits that, um, you know, our, um, uh, some, some of our team had had with this person, but never like to talk seriously you know, in depth about our project and what we were working on. And so even though they loved what, what we wanted them to love, 
they weren't necessarily at the point yet of supporting where we hope mm-hmm. and pray they will support. So in reality, it, it, it might have been, you know, the thing is, it could have been, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. It might have been an okay moment, but it also might have been weird. If we'd have broken out this, and this was, you know, for a significant proposal, guys, and uh, if you'd have break that out, it might go over, or they might say, you've never talked to me about this kind of charity before. And like you came in with this huge proposal and sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes that works. It all depends on the donor. Now, have you gone back for a second visit at this we're, point? We're, we're still hoping to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is in motion guys. Right. So, so the, the all is not lost. Uh, we're not necessarily Saul yet. We're ho- we're hoping to pull a David um, out of our hat and we might, but yeah, no, I, th- I think, um, but at the end of the day, why do, why do I bring that up? Because um, it comes back to that, you know, what motivates you? There's a time for good prudence. Um, but when the time is right, you need to make sure that you 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 reject the fear of rejection and that uh, you accept that you don't want to be forever planning. A good plan is good enough to get you out the door and get going. And believe, believe in yourself and believe that your charity is worth their support. It's worth, um, you know, and God, and the, and, and the God you know, is uh is with you and and believe in what he wants to do for you and in your charity for your donors um and for your uh, constituents and the people you serve so to wrap up your three points the three reasons people don't ask let's see if i got to memorize now people have got no notes in front of me number one is that emotional fear of rejection number two is that we spend more time planning than doing more time planning planning, than than executing right and that number two probably goes back in some way shape or form to reason number one an emotional reason and the third reason is just lack of belief you said lack of faith Mm -hmm. and so those are the three things we have to think about brian i think we'll wrap it up at 15 minutes with that yeah thanks uh, greg we'll go on to our next podcast in in just a couple days take care